Well, hey, hey, friends, welcome to Wednesday, July the 27th. I, uh, I had two versions of my welcome uh, that I was mixing up in my head. That's why I paused there. It's Wednesday morning, July 27th, and I'm so glad you've joined me for enough for today. I was sitting here thinking as the uh, opening rolled, I'm um, four days now returned from my break, and I want to laugh about uh, every now and then I run into somebody that thinks a pastor or, or pastoral staff or people that work at a church, you know, that or, you know, ministry, that they work one day a week and that it must be really quiet and really slow and, uh, you know, that it must be a real uh, tame job. And uh, four days in, <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a lot of moving pieces and parts. Um, we have a lot of things in motion. And uh, I've been each day getting in a little deeper into the water, eat a little deeper and answering messages and emails and, and reviewing projects. Uh, yesterday, all day staff me all day staff meetings and um, and working on budget and, and uh, working on school. You know, when you have a church of uh, a thousand plus, and then you have a school of uh, four hundred, uh, close to four hundred, and and then all the um, the the related um, uh, aspects of that or dynamics of that, there's just a lot of moving pieces, a lot of people to love, a lot of people to care for. And our staff works diligently. I mean, it is a uh, it is a humming place, um, both school and church. We have construction happening at the school. We have uh, new team members that are joining us uh, in the work this coming season, and uh, just a lot of things happening. And all of it is so very very good. So if you're a part of the church, uh, either close or from afar, um, you're a part of something that is moving forward and. Lots of really good things are happening. Uh, we, we spent some time yesterday as a staff just talking about the work that God is doing in people's lives and those that are getting baptized this Sunday, those that have been saved recently. And it's just remarkable. It is so far beyond um, my imagination of what I hoped God would do at Emmanuel. And I'm so, so thankful for it. And frankly, it's so far beyond me. So, so pray for me because it's it's more work than than uh, any one or few of us could do in a, in a short time. Um, it is a demanding uh, opportunity, but a wonderful opportunity as well. I don't know where this day finds you, but I hope you're looking at your day as an opportunity. I hope that you're looking into this day even with its problems and challenges. And, and like we talked about Sunday, and if you didn't hear Sunday's message, go back and listen to it, because we talked about how Jesus handles our problems, especially our impossible problems. And I hope you're uh, already saying, Lord, thank you for what you're going to do today, even though it may not be pleasant for me in the short term. Lord, thank you for the challenges. Thank you for the things you're going to teach me. Thank you that you're going to walk with me and that you're in this with me. Thank you for what you're going to do out of it. Uh, because that's just the best way to live life. Now, David is not there. We're in Psalm 55. He's going to get there. Right now, he's just processing the complexity of the the grief, the turmoil, the anxiety uh, of the fact that his son has risen up against me, uh, him and trying to uh, drive a, a coup, basically a hostile takeover of his throne in ancient Israel. And so Psalm 55 is our, our scripture for the next few moments. We've covered verses 1 and 2. David asking God, sit here with me, give your attention to this. I need you. I need your perspective. Verses three and four, um, I'm for, sorry, verse three really is what we covered yesterday. The voices, the voices of the enemy are overcoming me. 
uh, the negative voices. Wow, do we deal with that in our society, okay? Attend to me, hear me. I'm going to mourn my complaint. I'm going to make my noise to you, God. Uh, but, but I need you to value it. I need you to give me your perspective in it. I want to see what you see. I want you to be with it in me, uh, with me in it, I should say. Then, verse 3, the voices of the enemy are, are getting in. They're, they're dominant. And the oppression of the wicked. God, I don't want to simply be the victim of circumstances or the victim of wicked people. I want to be uh, mindful that I'm your child. And um, they cast iniquity upon me. They cast their sin. They're thrusting their evil on me. Uh, so God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay this out before you. And in wrath, they hate me. Now, that's a strong phrase. It's a strong human experience to be hated. Uh, but if you've ever been hated, uh, then you have a friend in David and you have a friend in God because uh, you can bring that emotion and that need for respite, that need for safety, that need for security, that need for justice. You can bring that to God. Now, in verse 4 and 5, David is going to describe his complaint. This is exactly what he said he would do in uh, verse 3. Uh, two, I'm sorry, he was going to mourn his complaint and make a noise. Now he's going to tell God exactly the experience. Here's my big takeaway from verse, before we even read it, from verse 4 and 5. God cares about my, God empathizes. God understands my uh, complaints, my human experiences, emotions, and the experience of these things. He understands the pain, the anxiety, the terror, the fearfulness. And then verses 6 through eight, he understands and empathizes with my core compulsions. See, verses six through eight, David says, I want to run away. So let's read it. My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, so this is my response, David's saying. This is my human response. I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander off, remain in the wilderness, Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Now, there's not a single person of, of, of age, I should say, if you've got any age under you, there's not a single person within the sound of my voice that can't identify with the feelings of verse 4 and 5 and with the need to have a sovereign, loving God, Father, to sit and understand and empathize and to have the sense that God knows what I'm going through. My heart is sore pained within me. The terrors of death, the fear of death, the threat of death has fallen upon me. He's fearful. He's trembling. The anxiety, uh, the despair has come upon him. And horror, he's horrified by the events that have overtaken him. And he's overwhelmed. And we all identify with these feelings. My friend, you've, I, you may be overwhelmed right now, but I want you to pause and think about this. You've been overwhelmed before. And you lived to see another day. You didn't really run. Maybe you did, but uh, I'm speaking 
hypothetically to those who have a track record, who, who can look back. I can see many times in the last, especially 45 years, uh, but uh, then again, the last 10 as the senior pastor at Emmanuel, I can think of many, many times I was overwhelmed, many, many times that my human response was, I'm horrified by this. Uh, by this scene, by this um, problem, by this set of circumstances. And God, I want to fly away. I'd like to just wander off and, and live in a life of solitude. I was reading an article yesterday about a man um, that the cruise industry calls Super Mario. He has spent nearly 20 years consecutively, okay, consecutively 20 years on cruise ships. Of course, COVID, he couldn't do that. But prior to COVID, I want to say it was 18 or 19 years, and, and he's resumed again. Something near 20, 21 years ago, he just decided that he didn't want to live on land anymore and deal with uh, the hassles of, of land-based living. And so he just uh, booked two years of cruises, and, uh, and his job is remote. He manages uh, investment portfolios from his computer. And so he just decided to do that on board cruise ships. And he has spent a life cruising. I, I watched an interview. I looked up an interview. It was interesting. It was intriguing to me. Not that I'm interested in doing that. But it was <laughs> intriguing to me that, um, that the guy just checked out and uh, for 20 years. And on the positive side, he said, you know, I never have to cook a meal. I never have to clean my room. I never have to take out the trash. I never have to do my laundry. He said, all of the extraneous things of life, I don't have to do. But really, his whole life is just vacation. And and he said, you can only do this if you don't have anybody that you care about or love. You don't have a family. You don't really have anything or anybody. And I thought, wow, that would be, he kept saying in the, in the article and interview, I'm the happiest man alive. I'm the happiest man alive. I'm thinking, I don't believe you. In fact, uh, me thinkest thou doth protest too much. You know, is, was, is, that, the, is that the argument? Um, I, I thinking, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a happy life. I think that's a wasted life. Um, David wants to wander off and live on cruise ships forever by himself. He wants to go off into the wilderness. He wants to fly away. He wants to escape, escapism. And that's the temptation. Every time we are overwhelmed, every time we are fearful and trembling and horrified and overwhelmed, we want to run. And some people have told me in their lives, Pastor Kerry, you got to know me. I'm a runner. What, is, what does that mean? It means when things go bad, I run. And there couldn't be a worse response or reaction. There couldn't be, frankly, a more cowardly reaction. Now, David's not going to uh, run in the sense that he's describing here. He does at one point run for safety, okay? That's different. We're not, we're not talking about abdicating our responsibilities. We're talking about being, you know, running for safety, sheltering for safety. When David says, I want to fly away, I want to wander off, I want to live alone, he's saying, I don't want this responsibility. I don't want to care for people. I don't want to deal with people. I don't want the responsibility of my call. And that's just not a good response for any child of God because God's placed you where you are. I'm not saying that you don't come into seasons where you need to make some decisions that are for your sustained health, your family's sustained health. But uh, generally speaking, in life, we need to look at our circumstances, those that are beyond our control especially, and receive God's providence and accept 
what God is doing in those circumstances. And we need to carry our complaint to God and we need to describe, describe our core reactions and responses to him. Why? Because we need him to change our perspective. We need him to show us why it's good to stay, why it's good to not quit, why it's good to accept and embrace the circumstances as a part of his providential story that he's writing in our lives, why it's good to trust him in the storm that one day the storm will pass. David wants to escape the storm. God wants him to ride it out. So my friend, I don't know how this devotion finds you today, but I trust you will choose to do the right thing by God's grace. Happy Wednesday, and I'll see you tomorrow.